Hello and welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kochanov, and today we are talking about two of my favorite things, romance and breakfast. Ah, can't wait to talk about breakfast. I could talk about breakfast all day long, really, but first, how is everyone? How's your week? I want to start by saying this too. I meant to say this, I guess it was only last week, but I felt like such a bonehead. Um, Let me look up the actual name of the title here. For some reason, when I did last week's episode, it's the actual title, the actual title is called Summer Beach Barbecue. (laughs) I think I said, I think I called it like Summer in the Sand. I was like episode, you know, season one, episode one, Summer in the Sand. I don't even know where... Uh, that came from but it was in my notes too so it was somewhere in my brain I mean it's also it also sounds like a title but um I just had to do I I had to clear the air for myself not that anyone would like write in and correct me but just in case it's like when you when you misspell something in a text and then like you're not even correcting it for yourself or you are correcting it for yourself excuse me you're you're not correcting it for the recipient I just have to put that asterisk and then like you know, type the word that I meant to type. So <sighs> I'm glad I got that on my, off my chest. Um, but yeah, uh, it's Friday. And if you're a hydrangea, you're getting this episode one day early. Um, and I want to give a shout out to Vanessa, who is our newest hydrangea this week. So very glad to have you on board. Folks, there's a lot of great episodes on Patreon. Not only are you getting my sort of like top five favorite foods each week that sort of corresponds with the main episode, we did an episode of Semi-Homemade with Sandra Lee. Not with Sandra Lee, but I did it with Colin Drucker, which is the next best thing in my opinion. Um, who's my podcast co-host on my other podcast. Um, and then what else? I did The Pioneer Woman. And then just this last week, I did an episode of Nigella Lawson, Nigella Express. So yeah, things are heating up over there at the Good Patreon. If you want to sign up, become a hydrangea, you get four bonus episodes a month in addition to the main feed episodes coming out a day early. Go to patreon.com slash thegoodpatreon. But enough of that. Let's get into this episode. Let's talk romance. Let's talk breakfast. This is season four, episode four, and it's called Romantic Breakfast. I think it is. I should actually pause after all this like talk about me getting the episode name names wrong. I should probably just look it up. So give me a sec. Okay, it is Romantic Breakfast. Whew. Okay. Um, and I want to say this because this is my theory about all these episodes too because season one, episode one of that like beach barbecue episode it's definitely not season one, like, but this episode, because I could always tell by her hair, and this episode is season four, episode four, but you could tell it's like very early days of the Barefoot Contessa universe because her hair is curled, she's walking around barefoot, they like really lean into that, like, we'll get into it, but anyway, so Ina begins, and there's not much of, um, not much of an intro here, she doesn't tell us what she's making, which is very hard to like, not very hard, but like when I'm taking notes, you know, usually say, okay, now it's time for whatever dessert she's making. But I kind of just find a lot, find out as I, as I take notes, which is kind of fun, actually. Okay, so Ina begins, uh, and it's important to note that she's holding one of those like extra long matches. What are they called? Lots? I think of the movie Clue, where they're, where they're all splitting up in the house and Wadsworth is like, okay, we're all going to draw lots. Locks? 
lots. I'm too lazy to look it up. But it's just a long match. It's probably like 10 inches or so. So she like she like lights it up at the beginning and she's holding it the entire time she's she's talking, which is really funny. So she says, Sunday night around here is usually Chinese takeout, but I'm going to surprise my husband Jeffrey with a romantic dinner and I'm making his favorite meal, breakfast. And then she lights a fire and that's it. Like she lights the, you know, the fireplace. She doesn't like set her house on fire, obviously. <laughs> um, it's so, it's it's very sensual. There's just like, there's like that filter. It's like the RuPaul's Drag Race season one filter where it's just like, a, I don't know, it feels like a music video in, in, in a way. But anyway, so the, the episode starts. We see Ina walking through the house. I don't know where she is here, but, um, and of course, like I said before, they're really leaning into the barefoot component of the barefoot Contessa. She doesn't have any shoes or socks on, which is such like a, uh, you know, a, what's what's the word I'm looking for? 180 from last week where she was wearing shoes and socks on the beach, which I just find criminal. Um, so she is walking through her house and she grabs some champagne flutes for a breakfast cocktail. And so she takes those glasses to the, the kitchen and she's like, everyone knows what a cue royale is. I don't know what a cue royale is, but then she tells us it's champagne and cassis, which I feel is like Oh God! Here we go. Cassis, isn't it like a like a what's that what's that one little like kernel? It's like a raisin. Oh my gosh! I'm just gonna look it up as I talk about it, because um, I feel like she uh, she said I, I, in my mind I always think of like creme de cassis. Let me see what is cassis. This is so exciting to hear, right? Currants. See, I knew it was something like small. It's sort of raisin-like. I feel anyway. So now we know what a cure royale is. But Ina thought it'd be fun to make a raspberry royale, which is champagne, a little framboise. And uh, she goes to her pantry to grab her vanilla sugar, which is basically almost like a mason jar filled with like sugar and then like a vanilla bean like nestled into it. And she's like, I've had this for years. And for some reason, it just it, it sounds it sounds like that shouldn't work. I feel like the vanilla bean would get like gross, but I guess it's, you know, it's sealed off. It's fine. So she adds some framboise and the vanilla sugar into two separate, they're almost like coasters, like petri dishes kind of, like circular. And then and this is all to make a, a vanilla sugar rim for the drink. So she makes the rim, but then sets them aside. She doesn't finish the drink because she's going to she's gonna do that later. So now it's hala time. So it's funny because as I took notes, I, I was saying before too, I had no... I don't know what she was making. All I, all I knew is like she's getting hala, and I'm assuming it's. I think she did say French toast and hash browns like earlier, but I I don't know why it like didn't register. Um, so she is making a custard for the French toast, which of course starts with some eggs. She uses extra large eggs, and then she adds a cup and a half of whole milk and gives it a mix, and then she adds some orange zest to uh, the custard as well, which I love. I approve this message. I'm surprised you didn't add a little cinnamon in there, but I guess, um, you know, it's her recipe, not mine. Uh, then she adds a half a teaspoon of the good vanilla and then a little bit of honey as well, which I kind of liked. I, I would never think to put honey in like a French toast custard. I thought she was going to make a casserole with this. I was still kind of guessing the entire time as I was taking notes, but it, it ends up being just plain old French toast, which is, you know, I'm never going to turn down French toast. It's one of my like top, top favorite like breakfast sweets. Oh, I just love it so much. So um, she puts a little bit of salt in it, 
uh, she's still making the custard. And then she's on the move. She's like, it's like a smash cut. She's, it's fall in East Hampton, which I feel would be just like heaven on earth, really. We see some pumpkins on the side. She's like in her black coat with a, I feel like she had a lime green scarf on or something, which sounds like it wouldn't work, but it just does. And she's off to the Bridgehampton florist to pay Michael a visit. Michael looks so young. He doesn't have his glasses on. He, he looks so handsome. Um, and Ina says, hi, Michael. And she gives him a kiss. And then she's like, I need something that's not orange roses. And then they both like throw their heads back because I guess that's Ina's go to. And it makes me laugh because Ina takes or Michael takes Ina over to like the I don't know what do you call it, like the refrigerator full of flowers. You know what I mean? Um and he's naming out all these things and like different options. She's like, hmm, I think I might just get the orange tulips. And I was like, wow, Ina, come on, like span your horizon. I guess she loves orange. And I guess I kind of knew that in the back of my head. But I, I mean, I know she likes hydrangeas. I feel like she likes a lot of different flowers. But, you know, if I ever meet Ina, I'm going to bring her orange roses. You bet your bottom dollar. Um, but Ina says, oh, she also says hello to this man named Ruben in the back. I don't know who this man is. Um, but he's just kind of sitting at like a like a desk sort of table situation. And Ruben's like, are you planning one of those fabulous dinners again? And Ina laughs and she's like, yeah, it was really weird how she said, yeah, because uh, I'm sure that's like a little like she I feel like she says this in some form or fashion too. like it's it's probably hard to be the barefoot contessa to be Ina Garden because that's all she's known for is just being fabulous and throwing these like lavish dinners too. So she's just like, it, it almost sounded like she was like embarrassed of it. I don't know. But like, what is she going to say? Like, of course, darling. Like, that's not, that's not her response either. So, you know, she just throws in like an awkward, yeah. Um, so then she gets the flowers. She asks Michael, she asks Michael, she gives Michael a double kiss on one on each cheek and she's back in the kitchen to make shortbread hearts. I love shortbread. I've said it many times on the podcast. I just, it's so simple. And it's like, you know, it starts with three sticks of butter. You know, what more could you ask for? Uh, which she puts into the standing mixer. And she puts that on a low speed and adds a cup of sugar to it. And she mixes that until just combined and adds a teaspoon of good vanilla and now it's time for the dry ingredients, which is pretty simple. I mean, this whole recipe is very simple. It's three cups of flour and a pinch of salt. Bada bing, bada boom. And then, uh, you know, she makes a dough. She puts it out on the counter, sort of gives it a pat down into like a little bit of a disc. And then she wraps it up and puts it in the fridge to cool down for a bit, about 15 minutes. So next we flash forward 15 minutes and the dough is ready to be rolled out. And she grabs her rolling pin and her heart cookie cutter. And I like that she said, she mentioned that her cookie cutter is a little crooked, but I, you know, it just adds character, I think. Uh, so she rolls out the dough, cuts out her cute little heart shapes, and she sprinkles some sugar on top of the cookies, and then it's off to the oven. Um, and after that, they show her washing up a lot in this episode. She washes up. She, I guess she had a little bit of extra dough that she put away, and um, we see that she's cooking up some turkey sausages. They're already fully cooked. The They're sausage links. And she puts them into uh, into the oven to stay warm. And now it's time for some hash browns. See, I would call these home fries. I think there's a very distinct difference between a hash brown and a home fry. I'll eat both. I do prefer a hash brown, though. I love, like, shredded potatoes. Like, that's what I picture hash browns to be. So I would call these home fries. But, you know, whatever. Uh, so this starts with 
five tablespoons of butter, which is a lot, but I, I, I fully think that you do need that much if you're going to really brown off these, um, I almost said tomatoes, potatoes. Uh, she also adds uh, one and a half cups of onions. And I think we need to talk about this. We need to talk about Ina's onion ratios here because I feel like I talked about it on the episode. Um, it's the chicken chili episode. And I think that ep- I covered this episode. It's something about like, I forget the, t- the title of the episode, but it's like eating well on the weekend. And she has that friend over who's recently lost a lot of weight. And so she's making these sort of, instead of beef chili, she makes chicken chili. And I can't remember if it was her friend's recipe, but I remember making that. And one and a half cups of onions is a lot of onions. I, I And she even said like, she says one and a half cups of onions or two large onions. I just feel like that's so much. And I remember when I made my chicken chili, it was just like onion soup. I was just like, this is crazy. And even when you look at it um, in this episode, it definitely does not look like a, a cup and a half of onions. It looks like a half a cup, to be honest. So... I don't know. I don't know what's going on there, but I just have to say that out loud. I don't know if anyone else has, um, I should reach out to Trent, who, um, you know, store-bought is fine on Instagram, who went through all of Ina's cookbooks. That that was like, that should have been a question I asked him when he was a guest on the pod, but um, I just feel like one and a half cups is too much. And often in her recipes, it is one and a half cups of onions. It's crazy. Um, but anyway, she has, uh, she cut up some potatoes into little cubes and she's been, and the skin is off as well too. And it was sort of just like sitting in a bowl of like water, I guess, maybe to get some of that starch off. I don't know. I didn't pay attention as to why, but we'll go with that. Uh, so she adds the potatoes to the onion. She drains the potatoes, obviously, and um, and then she seasons them immediately with some kosher salt and pepper. And she cooks this for a few minutes, and then she'll give it a toss. And then she cleans up again, and uh, by the time she's done cleaning up, the potatoes are ready. They look perfect. Um, I think she put them back in the oven, too, just to keep warm. And now it's back to that challah French toast, which I do believe is the superior version of French toast. You like Because challah is like, it's like an eggy bread, but it also is like pretty porous, I guess. Maybe that's the right word to use. It's not that it's dry. It just feels like there's a lot of nooks and crannies for that uh like the custard to go into so she puts each slice of the bread into the custard mixture for a few minutes uh to really let it sink in uh just like drink up all that yummy custard and she tells us that she she's like i saw i don't know if she had a recipe or she made it one time i feel like she said she saw a recipe where the bread had to soak for an uh, for half an hour and she's like can you imagine that everyone's ready for breakfast and they're just staring at you soaking this bread for half an hour forget it <laughs> i just love how she said forget it ah uh, that i know uh so now it's time to cook the french toast she adds some butter and a little bit of oil actually into a cast iron skillet which i i don't know i would probably just go all butter but i'm I might use that the next time I make French toast, put a little bit of oil in there. Um, So while the French toast is, while the first batch is sort of cooking, the rest of the slices of challah are on deck, soaking in uh, in that custard. And then she puts the cooked French toast on a sheet pan and puts it in an oven, uh, just, you know, at a low temperature. I feel like everything's going in the oven at this point too. But I do like that I always get, I think she said something, I don't know if it's right here in the episode or later, but she talks about um, how she hates when everything has to be out on the table at the same time. And that's something that I usually panic about too. Like, 
oh gosh, I don't even know what I would do if I had to do like Thanksgiving dinner. I'd be such a wreck. But I feel like if you do it enough, it, it's kind of, you have it like down to a science. But I do like the idea of keeping it at like, you know, I don't know, like 200 or something just to keep everything nice and warm, especially French toast. Because I mean, even though I would eat cold French toast, there's nothing worse than, you know, you want it to be warm for the guests. So so next she gets off. She gets off. Whoa, that's a that's a whole different show. She walks off to go get changed for breakfast and uh, she changes into, you know, basically the same shirt, but it's white. Ooh, um, it's but it looks beautiful. It's like freshly starched. And uh, it's time for chocolate dipped strawberries. And as you know, I'm not, I don't love chocolate and fruits, but you know, I, I understand everyone else does. So first up is a chocolate ganache, which is basically some chocolate chips and heavy cream in a, in a glass bowl, basically a double boiler, you know the drill, over some simmering water. And she has some beautiful long stem strawberries. And I don't know why she does this, but she cuts the stem on the diagonal but it but the stem is so thin i just like i don't think anyone would notice but i do understand that sort of idea of like i'll it makes me feel good to cut these on that on the diagonal even if no one else notices like i feel good about it so i i get that so by this time the ganache is done and it looks gorgeous it's time to dip the strawberries in and she only dips half of the strawberries in and she she holds it up and she's like how gorgeous is that so sensual isn't it i mean these early episodes are so i don't want to say she doesn't achieve that sort of like sexual vibe sensual vibe she's looking for like i'm buying it i'm just not used to it and i wonder how old ina was when she started the barefoot contessa like the show i guess i should know that off the top of my head but i don't i'll look it up sometime um, so she does, she does throw out the idea of using white chocolate for the strawberries, which is what I would be into for sure. And then she said something like, and if you really want to be bad, you could dip them in uh, to milk chocolate first and then just drizzle white chocolate on it. And I'm like, I'm kind of into that. I think I would try that. Uh, so once they're sort of, they're dipped and they're sort of drying off a little bit, she puts it on, she plates them on this like little glass cake stand, I guess. And then she brings over the uh, the heart-shaped shortbread cookies. And I have to say, these cookies are a little well done for my taste. For my taste. I'm sure they're great. And maybe it's just the lighting or something, but they looked a little, they looked a little bit more brown than I would like my sugar cookies to be or shortbread cookies to be. And I know there's a difference between like shortbread and sugar, but I want my, I want both of them to be like medium rare. You know, I think I saw I don't think I, I I know that I saw a uh, like a meme either the other day that said like I wish I you can order your cookies like you can like you order steak, <laughs> and I totally agree with that. I think that I would I guess the perfect comparison of that is maybe like a medium rather than a medium rare, because um, I do want it to be cooked. Let's let's not get it twisted, but I do love like a soft, ugh, like gooey middle, not gooey, but um just moist. With a little bit of crunch, I think it's it's perfection. But um, I don't know. I think she took. A, I think there's like a balance with sugar cookies and shortbread, where it's like they're almost done. My my sort of thought process when I'm making those type of types of cookies is like they're gonna cook a little bit more out of the oven. So even if it feels like it's dangerously raw, like it's still gonna cook. And they, I don't know, it just turns out better rather than like, because I'm the, I'm always the dingus that like 
has them in the oven and then I'm like just a little bit longer, like a minute or two, and then I forget about them and then I get I'm enraged. <laughs> so those are my baking tips. Uh, so now it's time to get those hash browns out again, aka home fries. And she sprinkles some parsley and scallions into it, which I think is like, ugh, that's just perfect. I just, I love that idea. I love a little bit of green and I love scallions. I love green onions. So I am, I am definitely into this. Um, I will say, I do think some eggs are missing here. It's like that monologue from, uh, from the Devil Wears Prada. Like, I think we need a belt here. <laughs> I think we need some eggs here, is what I would say, because she has everything else. And this is just burying the lead a little bit. So on this week's episode of A Splash of the Good Vanilla, which is the bonus episode on Patreon, I'm going to be counting down. I might even make a top 10, to be honest. Like, definitely a top five, maybe more. I'll have some honorable mentions, but my f- top five favorite breakfast foods. Oh, my God. I've never been more excited to make a list in my life. But... um. But I would say, like, because my perfect breakfast is a little bit of everything. I want a little bit of eggs. I want a little bit of potatoes. I want meat. I want some toast. And then I want something sweet. It sounds like a little rhyme. Um, but that's that's my perfect breakfast. And coffee. Like, good coffee. The good coffee. Um, I, just, I just started daydreaming, and I totally lost my place in my notes. Let me scroll through here. Okay, so everything is in order. And all she has to do is just pour the champagne for her uh, her cocktails. So now we're in the living room. And it truly felt... She's not pouring the... It's like she says she has to pour the champagne, but we it, there's a smash cut to the living room, which I, I gasped when I saw this because it truly looked like the mantle was on fire. There are so many candles lit <laughs> in this living room, which is funny because Keon is a candle fanatic. Um, he loves candles. He loves candles outside. Um, but I, I, Ina's really, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Giving him a run for his money. She has, okay, she has, I think I did a total candle count here. So there are, there are two candelabras on the very, like the very right and the very left of the, uh, the mantle there. They have four candles each. So that's eight. And then there are eight candles on the mantle, sort of like, well, kind of like a tea light situation. Um, so that's 16. And then there are six candles on the to- coffee table, so we're up to 22. And then there's two taller candles on two side tables, so that takes us up to 26 candles. <laughs> Not to mention, like, a roaring fire that's brewing in the fireplace. So I'm, I'm like, sweating just looking at this. But I will say, I guess it's fall. We established that earlier in the episode, so maybe it's pretty cozy. But I, I think this is excessive. But again... Those early episodes, they're really driving the sex. They're really driving the sensuality of the Barefoot Contessa. And, uh, you know, God bless her. Ina's Ina's going along with it. So now she's rearranging, not rearranging, but she's arranging her tulips, which seriously look like they're like an inch away from death. Something's going on here. Even when they were in that refrigerator thing, they they were like, they were just like, they would look how I would look in this room with all those candles, just like hunched over, like praying for death. They, I don't know what happened to these tulips, but it. she talks about how she doesn't seem bothered by it. She talks about like pricking the bottom of the tulip with a pin, like right in the middle of the stem to ensure that they drink enough water. I thought that was a pretty good tip. And Lord knows that these tulips need it. Um, and she says, you know, she's arranging the flowers and she's like, I think this will be a really sexy setting. Again, just a sentence that would no- she would never say that anymore. Um, 
you know, sign of the times, I guess. Uh, but she scatters petals of the tulips on the table as well, which I found interesting. It just looks like, you know, it looks like a setup of a, of a romantic dinner, which I guess is the point of this entire episode. So finally, it's time for the ras- raspberry royales. And so she brings out the champagne flutes with the vanilla sugar rim that she made earlier. And she plops two raspberries into each of each of them, followed by a splash of raspberry liqueur and then the champagne, of course. And then finally, Jeffrey joins her. They're back in the living room again. And like the way this scene starts, they like pan up. It's like through the wilting tulip, uh, tulips, tulips. It's like a low angle. They're really like trying to do some cool camera work here. And they're just like standing there. You know what I mean? Like um, they cheers. And I can't remember what they say to each other. It's just like. It's like non-conversation. It was I mean, clearly it's not anything worth writing down. So Ina is back in the kitchen and she's plating the challah French toast, the turkey sausage and hash browns, no eggs. Uh, and she puts like a little powdered sugar on the French toast, followed by a drizzle of really good maple syrup, she says. And Jeffrey and Ina are eating. And Jeffrey says something like, it doesn't feel like breakfast. It feels like, I don't know what the rest of that sentence was. I don't know, but it's time for chocolate covered strawberries and Jeffrey approves and Ina's just like, I'm so glad you like it. And, you know, it's like they I can imagine like them trying to direct them to be a little bit more like romantic or maybe kiss at the end, too. It's not awkward, but it's not not awkward. And there isn't like a tag. You know, there's no tag at the end of the episode. It's just like it just like fades up into the fire. <laughs> but that's the end of the episode. So, I mean, truly, I feel in my eyes like a season one episode of the Barefoot Contessa. But according to Discovery Plus, a season four, episode four episode of uh, the Barefoot Contessa. But I like this. I love breakfast. I can't wait to talk about breakfast on the Patreon. Again, patreon.com slash the good Patreon if you want to hear that episode and a whole bunch of other episodes that have already existed and continue to exist on the Patreon. Um, I think that's all I have for you today. Thank you, everyone, again for listening. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can follow it on Instagram at goodvanillapod. You can, of course, go to patreon.com slash thegoodpatreon. And you can also send me an email at the good, or excuse me, goodvanillapod at gmail.com. Also, I made a group for The Good Vanilla on Facebook. Very easy to find. Just search The Good Vanilla. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Or just tell another Barefoot Contessa fanatic. That also works, too. And if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kochanov. And you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.